I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Carla... Uh, I'm not Ber- sure how to pronounce your last name. Vergat. We Bergot. say just like the hillbillies. <laughs> so I have with me Carla Vergat. Carla, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Yes, Snoops and Sleuths, which is a tongue twister. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. And, and Leanna, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Carla Vergat. I'm the author of the Lily Barlow series. Um, I've got two books in the series out and I'm working on book three. Um, I would actually not call this series a true cozy Um it's I've I've mashed up I borrowed I borrowed a mashup genre called rom-com story. So you've got three parts: uh, romantic, comedy, and mystery. Romance, comedy, and mystery all mashed up together. Oh, how fun! Actually, I found a lot of cozy mysteries are kind of like that—a series of, you know, romantic yep. bump-ins and all that with a little bit of mystery in there yes it's sort of hard to nail it down and um, I was using cozy um, as the genre just to give people an idea but the true cozy fans sort of corrected me and said it's not really a hundred percent cozy so we we came up with this other um, genre and I'd love to remember who I borrowed it from but I can't I didn't come up with that I loved it I laughed so hard when I saw it um, but I can't remember who I borrowed it from <laughs> so is there any of your writing inspired by your actual life I put a little bit of my life in almost every scene um, I I infuse characters um, with characteristics from family and friends and loved ones. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that, oh, this character is based 100% on that person, Um, but there are snippets of all the people in my life and people that I've met along the way um, in, in my characters. I love doing that. Um, I live in Northern Virginia, and the story is set in Marshall, Virginia, which is a town that's probably about 20 minutes away from me. I'm up there once a week grocery shopping, and um, I think it was just visiting the town back and forth for my weekly trips that I finally landed on. This is the, this is the place that Lily lives um, so that was fun. So, so yes, there are, there are parts of me and, and people around me in in the stories for sure. I find that it's great when an author puts a little bit of themselves into their cozies in some way or other. Um, this is this is funny, Leanna. I write the stories in Lily's voice. It's written first person. And so I think a lot of people think that it's autobiographical. I'm Lily, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> In fact, I had to make us um, different enough that you could see that we we weren't the same person. Um, I I like spiders and insects, and Lily hates spiders and insects. <laughs> we had chickens 
here at our house for a period of time and Lily encounters this chicken situation and she just can't cope with it. So um, I, I had to make us a little bit different so that people wouldn't make the assumption that I was Lily. <laughs> That's, that is funny. So do you have any advice for those who would want to write or write mysteries specifically? I um, think when I sat down to do it, the hardest thing to do is, is put the words on the page. So definitely just sit down and start writing. Um, even if you don't have your story idea developed yet and you're not sure where you're going to go with it, just the practice of writing. I think that book two um, in my series is so much stronger than book one, just because after you've written 80,000 words, you've practiced, you're a better writer. So just for, for starters, write. Um, but if I were to fine tune that advice, I would, I would definitely say for me, um, dialogue was the hardest thing to kind of conquer. And it's so funny because we all talk, right? And you think, well, I can talk, I can write down what people would say. Um, but I think we're challenged in doing that. It doesn't necessarily come off as authentic. And so my second piece of advice would be really start listening to conversations around you and start understanding how people express themselves. Men and women will say the same thing very differently. Um, so if you're a student of how people speak, then dialogue is gonna be a much easier um, task for you when you start writing. I have a lot of dialogue in my series. It's very character driven. So the people are talking quite a bit. And if that didn't um, ring true, then I think the reader would get really tired very quickly. So I, I'd say conquer dialogue and do that by listening to conversations and then just get to work, start writing. That's some great advice. Actually, with me, the it's funny, with me when writing, I always fall into the he said, she, he, she said traps. Yep. yep. Where it's like, you have this whole big thing of dialogue, and it's all back and forth. He said this way, she said this way. And it's like, you don't need to use that as much as you think you do. Exactly right. You, you don't. And we don't use that in when we speak as much as you think when you sit down to write that, that you'll need to. So again, it's just starting to listen to how, how people communicate. Um, since we're on this, my, my last bit of advice, I think that, um, and I was guilty of it initially, and I think that a lot of us really are, um, we, we hear that, um, those words of wisdom where you need to um, show, don't tell, Oh. And we, we try to then show so hard that it just gets away from us. So you can tell some things. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use an example that has surfaced a couple of times. I've worked with some other writers and um, I, I've seen this more than once. And I'm not going to say that I wasn't guilty of it at some point where we describe milk as a white liquid and it dawned on me eventually we never say i'm going to go get myself a glass of white liquid out of the refrigerator <laughs> um so sometimes we just get in this fit of trying so hard to um 
find a new way, use all the senses and find a new way to say something. And, and, and we don't have to do that. We can call it milk. Sometimes it's just milk. <laughs> Absolutely. I, that can be one of the hardest things is you think in your mind, I have to be original. I have to find this new way right. to say something. I have to get it clear in this way no one's ever heard before. And it's like, yeah. milk is milk. Right. And there will be another opportunity in that chapter for you as a writer to say something in a unique way that hasn't been done before and, and, and use those opportunities to really express yourself and, and keep the other ones just simple and clean. It, it makes it easier for everybody, for the reader, for the writer, everybody. Absolutely. So do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters? My characters are always yammering in the back of my mind. Um, <laughs> and, and they probably all know that my favorite is Miss Delphine. Um, I, she, and I'll tell this little story, this little vignette real quick. Um, I had a friend when I was working at Old Dominion University, her name was Susie, and she also was an aspiring author and we kind of would kick ideas around. I really admired and respected her as a, as a writer. One day Susie asked me, what is your thing gonna be when you get old? And it was such an unusual question. I, I didn't really know what she meant, but as we played around with it, she said, you know, are you gonna be the, one who wears the hats everywhere? Are you gonna, um, like what, what old eccentric thing that nobody can criticize you for because you're gonna be an old woman? Like what is gonna be your thing? And I enjoyed the question so much. I, I really use that as a driving force for Miss Delphine. I, I just made it to where she is um, a senior. She's already paid all her dues. She's gonna do what she wants to do. She's gonna be crotchety when she wants to be crotchety. She's gonna be snarky when she wants to be snarky. And, and she's not apologetic about it. So I think that Ms. Delphine answers that question <laughs> that Susie and I joked around with um, by just being her true self. And, and she, she, does, she just does her thing. I, I love everything about Ms. Delphine. Oh, she sounds like a great character. She's, she is, she's just so funny and fun and reliable and old. And, um, and Lily encounters this woman, um, and just a, a quick little introduction to the story. Um, Lily's dad, Lily is, a, is a, um, a student at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville and her dad has a heart attack. So she comes back to Marshall, which is maybe a two hour distance. Um, but while her dad is recovering and, and she's sort of needing him to be okay before she goes back to school, um, he is, he's fine. Um, she goes back to Charlottesville and the, the bakery, her family bakery doesn't open up. And so she needs to come home and sort of get that squared away for her dad. And um, she doesn't want, she feels like if she goes home and has to move back in, that's an admission of I'm not an independent woman. So I'm going to find a little place I can rent for the few weeks I'm going to be here. And um, I'm going to do it that way. So she finds Miss Delphine and 
rents her um, little efficiency garage apartment. And that's how these two meet. So while Lily is back in Marshall getting the bakery going again, um, she's kind of interacting with Miss Duffy and they, they don't share a house. They're in separate spaces, but they're on the same property. And so um, Lily is observing this woman and, and she seems to think that Miss Delphine has committed some type of crime. She's covering something up. Um, Lily has a wild imagination. <laughs> While she's getting the family bakery going, she's also sort of playing around with the idea of what has, what crime has Miss Delphine committed? Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. So Miss Delphine is by far away my favorite character. <laughs> she sounds like it. And I personally cannot wait to read one of your books. It's, they sound like so much fun. I, I, I hope that's what people say at the end. That was a lot of fun. I, I used to have this little um, saying when people would want to know. I, I would say it is not a protein shake. It's not going to make you a better person at the end of the story. It is a jello shooter. You're going to take <laughs> it and you're going to have fun with it. And you're going to put the glass down and say, wow. I enjoy that. And, and you're going to go on with your life. It's, it's fast and flirty kind of fun. Um, but it just, you know, it's not one of those books that you're going to chew on for months and months and just remember and think about it's, it's meant to be light and airy. And I think we all need that every once in a while. So yeah. Um, I would say this piece of advice for anybody who's interested in the Lily Barlow series I would definitely read them in order. I started to write them as standalones, but um, I, I didn't pull that off. Uh, book two picks up the next day. And if you start with book two, it's gonna reveal all of the fun secrets that were in book one. So you definitely wanna go in order. Yeah, I, I hear you about the um, trying to write books as standalones and having them not quite come out that way right. uh sparks of suspicion my mystery series actually book two uh stock show stalker which is currently in edits does kind of the same thing as yours it's like a week later mm -hmm. right. um my main character is getting ready to go off to denver for a stock show thing and of course, by book two, if you read it out of order, you're going to find out that she and her love interest have gotten engaged in book one. Right. So it's like, what? <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I get that. Um, it, it, it just, there was so much backstory that happened in book one that I really needed to happen in order to launch book two. Um, but for the maximum amount of fun. And it sounds like in your series too, you just want to, you want to go in order and build the characters that way. Right. Cause while yes, you come to know a lot about Sabia and Bridger in book one, and you could probably easily stop there. Hope you don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to learn so much more as their relationship grows and tightens and Yes. And then the next book, of course, they're going to get tighter and closer. The layers, right, Leanna? It's, exactly. It's, it's layer after layer after layer. And 
um, I ended book one as a happily ever after. I think everybody got what they were hoping they would get. Um, but then, and I did that mainly because I was new to this and I wasn't sure I could produce book two. I, I had the story in my head and I knew where it was going, but it was like, you know, everybody's got one book in you. Almost nobody has a second book in you. <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, what if I was the person who didn't have the second book in me? So I, um, I needed to conclude book one in case two never happened. And then when I got to the end of book two, I decided, yeah, this is going to be a cliffhanger this time. For sure. <laughs> and um, that got quite a reaction from folks. But I think going forward, I think they will probably be cliffhangers each each one ends in a way that is like, wait a minute, now what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, it seems cliffhangers get quite a reaction out of readers. Yes, <laughs> yes they do. <laughs> so do you have an author that has most influenced your writing? Wow, I am... Um... Did we lose you? Hello? Hello? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. I okay, can. good. <laughs> I think you're talking about an author that influenced me. Right. I'm, I'm the author who does not read very fast. And so I don't acquire a lot of books I've read um, and a lot of authors that that I know that way. So um, I would say looking over my, you know, my collection of, of who has inspired me, there are many, including Maeve Binchie and Barbara Kingsolver. Um, but for this book, I, I would have to say that Janet Ivanovich really kind of um, set the bar for me. Like, in, in fact, Lily, um, is infatuated with Stephanie Plum. Like that's her, that's her hero. And she will ask herself periodically, if, if Stephanie was here, what would Stephanie, you know, how would Stephanie handle this situation? Um, the glamour of, you know, being in a, a bigger city and being away from her small town is very appealing to her. And, and so she, um, she wants that kind of excitement. And I think as a result of that, she is, um, her imagination runs away with her because she wants there to be something where maybe there isn't. Um, so I would say for influencing this story, definitely Janet. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, so when you're not writing, do you have any hobbies you like to do? Oh, I do. I, um, I love taking Jeeps off road and wow. I love camping. Um, my husband got me into the jeeping thing when, when we met, he, this has been probably 11, maybe 12 years now. Um, I was going with him on his jeeping outings and it was so much fun. I eventually, um, started driving myself. So that, that to me is a lot of fun. I like being outdoors. I like camping. Um, and I like fishing. I've, I've kind of launched my fishing career 
and it might be my next big thing. I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a particularly strong angler at this point, but um, not too long ago, I caught a fish that was about 40 pounds down Whoa. in Florida Keys. And that just, that the thrill of that, I still feel it. I look at that picture and I still feel the, the thrill of that fight. So who knows where that's going to go, but um, that's kind of a new passion for me. That's kind of a, a growing passion for me. Oh, that's awesome. And absolutely unexpected. Which is funny. <laughs> I did not expect that answer at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think many people expect that answer. I am putting pictures of my fish and my fishing exploits on um, my Facebook group. So anybody here in the, in the Cozy Sleuth group that wants to um, see some of those pictures, please um, join me at Carla Vargat's Back Porch on Facebook. <laughs> you, can see, you can see my big fish pictures. And that actually leads to my next question. How can my snoops and sleuths follow you? That is where all the action takes place. That's where I spend most of my time on social media. I do have an Instagram account as well, which is Carla underscore Vergot. V is in Virginia, E-R-G-O-T. Um, and, and that's pretty much it for social media for me. But the most activity, um, I say, plays out on the Facebook group. Great, I'll be sure to include a link to that in the show's notes. Oh, that would be so great, thank you. Wow, I've had so much fun. I can't believe we're at the last question. I know, this was, this was <laughs> delightful. So what is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, I do, when I write, I don't, um, I don't have a plan. I'm, I'm one of the pantsers writing by the seat of my pants. I'm not a plotter. And so when I start the story, I know that I want a couple things to happen and um, I have to check those boxes in order to make the story kind of satisfying, but how those things happen, I don't know. So um, I'm often as surprised by a scene as I think the characters are like, wow, I sure didn't see that coming. Um, and I think if they had a complaint, it's that um, I, I give them all this latitude to, to drive the story and then I yank it back. <laughs> where they're going with something. So we have this tussle, it's constant back and forth, like, nope, that's not gonna happen. Nope, that's not gonna happen. And, and then I say, well, come on, do something. Do something. <laughs> I think that, that their complaint would be, um, I, I give them this, this free reign and then I, I don't let them follow through. Oh my gosh, I so hear you on that. I'm the exact same way. I do not plan my books at all. I, one of my favorite lines is that I've ever seen is I create the character and then from then on I take dictation. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes, I like it. But That's like you, I tend to yank back the, the reins a little bit. So yeah, <laughs> I feel you on that answer. 
as my dad would say, every job needs a supervisor. Somebody has got to be in control, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I consider myself the supervisor of the story and I let them do their jobs. But if I don't think they're living up to my expectation, then we have to have a talking to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Carla, it's been great talking with you. You as well, Leanna. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being on the show. Sure thing. Everybody come on over to the back porch. We have a lot of fun over there. Well, Snips and Sleuths, once again, you've heard a great interview here on the Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons, Regina, Cozy Cub, Dower Bear, and Patty Paul for their help in keeping the show commercial free and growing. I'd also like to thank my Coffee Clutch for their contributions as well. If you'd like to be like my patrons, Regina, Cozy Cub, and Dower Bear, join me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecozysleuth. Also, now you can go to zazzle.com and get plenty of show merchandise at The Mystic Cozy. I'd also like to point out that you can follow me on Twitter at The Cozy Sleuth and Instagram at The Cozy Sleuth. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy.